Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I mean, here's a guy that criticizes everybody, whoever they take. He's got the answers to uh, who you should take and who you shouldn't take. And all of a sudden, he's an expert. He's in our paper two days ago telling us who we have to take. Welcome back to the Believe in NFL Draft Prospects podcast, part of the Believe Podcast Network. I am Joe DeLeon, joined by NFL Draft analysts Ryan Roberts and Alex Gilstrap. Today's episode, we are continuing our summer scouting series, moving on to the running backs. And we've got some interesting names that we are going to discuss and a massive debate that is going to come up at the end of the show. It took us 20 minutes to get through our pre-show prep because of some slight arguing over that not the whole 20 minutes but part of it and there was some arguing going on and we'll find out what ends up happening uh in this why are you guys pointing i don't i don't understand what he, what you're pointing because at. Al- alex is underneath oh me, so joe's underneath me then, so I got, point to him. then i have Al- i have alex point like you guys are idiots i we're not all lined up in the same oh, spot so you guys are just pointing in random directions that's how coordinated we are guys thanks for tuning in we're the most professional nfl draft podcast out there as you can tell Uh, before we get to talking about these running backs though and the uh the fire starts burning in this argument i need to tell you folks about bet online the nba playoffs are starting to get pretty hot right now did did anyone think that the lakers were going to get knocked out of the first round of the playoffs i don't think so Uh, absolutely alex you you put money down on that yeah, could you imagine if you bet on the on the Lakers in that last game? I know I would never have done that because they are not a good basketball team. But if you had a, a hunch that maybe the Suns were going to win the series and you didn't bet, what the heck's wrong with you? Go do that for the next series. If you think someone crazy is going to win a, the next Hawks series in the, in the second round, Hawks in five, apparently that's going to be <laughs> the one here, dude. Shut up. pick by Alex. I know Alex has been drinking when he won't let me finish the read. <laughs> I'm good just indicator. Kidding. Over under on how many Trulies Alex Gilstrap has consumed tonight. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to, to bet on all of your sports action. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds that you need, and it is the best way to place your bets as well as free to sign up. Head to their website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. So now we know not to record on a Friday. Uh, that's one thing that we that learned. But speaking of things that we're learning, we're getting through talking about this running back class, doing some summer scouting, and I think that we should help our listeners learn overall what to expect from this class. So Ryan, heading to you first, as we always do to start the show, how would you describe this class? What, what do we need to get out in the open with this running back group, a position that continues to lose value every single year? I think that there's an internal debate that's going to happen because so usually what your mind will go to for a running back class is I want a guy that has the prototype size and can carry the ball on three downs and be your traditional bell cow back. 
I think that is less valuable than it ever has been. And I think it's going to continue to go that way. Is it nice to have that player? Yes, I do think it is. But when we're talking about this 2022 class, I think this is exemplified by this thought is there's a couple bigger body running backs that have very little experience contributing in the passing game. So we're not dealing with three down backs. Technically, we're dealing with guys that maybe are high volume carriers. And I think that we just kind of need to ridden the bell cow three down back assumption out of our minds. I think that now we are in a space where we're talking about high volume ball carriers and guys that are niche players on third down in obvious passing situations. The bell cow quote unquote back for me is obsolete. And I think that the 2022 class exemplifies that it's a good class. There's a body type and there's a play, a play style for everyone. And I think there's some players that are very high volume ball carriers, but right now, I think that there is a little bit of absence of what is a traditional three-down, quote-unquote, bell cow back. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. You got you talk about this running back class, and I know, Joe, you want to talk about kind of the overall depth of this class. I, I don't see too much depth, and I don't see too much talent at the top. I think relative to the last couple of years that we, we've had at the running back position in the NFL draft, this is going to be a little bit more of an underwhelming group. Um, I was very excited to get into this group because there was a bunch of names that people really like and Heisman hopefuls. Um, but I just came away overall a little bit underwhelmed. And, and like Ryan said, there's definitely, you know, different types and t- different styles of running backs that you can claim to, you know, maybe later in the draft. But like, like Ryan said, there aren't too many guys that you can really trust to be a bell cow, uh, back at, you know, moving forward. And that's kind of to Ryan's point there. For me, you know, I, I know that every year we have that, day three guy that that guy that's kind of an afterthought in the running back class that pops off two years ago it was Clyde Edwards Hilaire someone that no one was talking about over the summer that really that really popped off in that 2019 season last year Javante Williams and Michael Carter was talked about a little bit but Javante Williams really burst onto the scene and and every year we seem to have that guy and and I'm really banking on there being another one of those Javante William, Clyde Edwards Hilaire type of guys that can push for first round consideration to kind of help strengthen this class up a little bit at the top for a position group that overall right now is a little underwhelming. Well, I'll say this. I'll say this. If you want a Javante Williams nugget of someone that saw it coming a little bit, go back to uh, April 2020 when Rise and Draft uh, posted a little video of him. So. All right, continue. I, I love. Th- thanks, Ryan, I for the, him. You know, the little. I, I, I had I, You know what? Let's, let's, let's rewind. I don't. I don't like Ryan. He has to. He has to talk about his wins. Come on, man. What happened to a little? Tell you really it's feel. All I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. All I have. All I have. I have. I have. I cling to you. I have a wonderful life. But, you know, it's uh, it's all I have in the, in the football world is is these little wins, these little nuggets that keep yep. my day going. This is, no, this is why we cling to you, Ryan. We want to be better. So we surround ourselves by people that are always so right. We sat, we're surround ourselves with Ryan Roberts. That's, that's what we do. So it, it's interesting, Alex, that you're talking about how this class seems to be being hyped up a lot. Last year we had Travis Etienne, and um, we Gosh, also had – Najee Harris, DeAndre thank you Swift. for filling that in. DeAndre Swift. <laughs> oh, wait. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm talking about 2021. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, was I thought I, I was going to stumble there. No, we I'm had Najee Harris. No, no, no. You just said well. Clyde Edwards. No, I was just Did talking you? about breakout running backs Travis every year ETN. that we have. Yes. Okay. Uh, Travis Etienne. I'm sorry. We're getting Lawson Williams, leads. Michael Carter. Yeah, got it. Sorry. Last year, it seems like we had these these two guys who we were knew, we knew were going to be in the first round, and that was it. And then this upcoming year, there's just a lot of names that keep getting thrown out there, and it seems like there's some pretty 
high uh, praise for this group of running backs, but it's interesting, Alex, that you're not really that bought in early despite there being some pretty good hype, and we're going to find out about one of those guys that Ryan's really pissed off about that you don't have ranked very highly. If we're getting to some headlines, though, to watch, and I know uh, Ryan was having some trouble earlier coming up with a good headline just because the running backs aren't really as headline-driven. But this year's yeah. class, we might have some Heisman hopefuls, as, as you mentioned, Alex. If we had to pick a headline, though, that you, we are going to be watching for this college football season for the running back group, what would it be? Well, I, I started out my little excerpt on talking about, like, kind of ridding the term bell cow out of it and, and moving towards high-volume carrier and then a niche, the niche players. So, like, that was kind of my, my lead into it. But just kind of exemplify that in – the 2022 class, I think that there's going to be a, a big internal debate up top because I think some teams are going to look at some of these players and say, I'm not going to name drop players because that's going to kind of, you know, ruin my top five that we're going to get to later. But like, there's a couple backs that you're going to say, man, oh, they can run the ball 250, 300 times in a season probably. But what, what is the upside as, as a, as a receiver, right? But then there's going to be some guys that may ex- excel in the past game, but might only be able to carry the ball 150 to maybe 200 times. So there's going to be a clash of which one is more valuable. And I think we see that in the NFL now, which is why I wanted to talk about this a little bit, is the fact of like Derrick Henry is running for 1,600 yards plus every year, just ran for 2,000 yards. But if anybody was asked, and I believe this, I, and someone could correct me if I'm wrong, but if anybody asked who was the best running back in the NFL – Derrick Henry would not be the guy that people say. They wouldn't, even though he is the most successful runner, yeah. runner uh, uh, in, in the NFL. They would say Dalvin Cook, or they would say Christian McCaffrey, or they would say Alvin Kamara. What do all three of those players have in common? They are dynamic yep. in the pass game. Are they going to carry the ball as much as a Derrick Henry is? Absolutely not. Are they going to run for 2,000 yards? Absolutely not. But the internal debate is, what is the upside of the pass game mean for determining who is more important at the top of a class? And I think that we're going to have that big debate in 2022. No, I'm with you 100%. I mean, like you said, the, the top running backs in the NFL are not thought of as those bell count. Nick Chubb, there's another one that's a, probably at the top as far as true runners of the football. But when you're talking about the best running backs in the NFL – Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb, they're they're up there, but they're not they're not considered the number one guy. And I, I agree with you there. And I think I think the NFL is pushing more and more towards the passing game, obviously, as we've seen over the last few years. But I think I think even more so that you, these running back by committee is going to become more and more prevalent over the next few years. And a running back class like this, you're going to see that even more because I think there's a bunch of pass catching weapons in this year's draft class. A bunch of guys that can fill that role. You know, and, and I kind of alluded to my storyline as well, just talking about the breakouts. There's there's just a lack of umph up top this year. And, you know, like like Joe was talking about, Travis Etienne and Najee Harris going into this last season, we knew we were going to be pushing for, for first-round consideration. They were both really, really uh, high-regarded prospects going into that 2020 season. And I just don't have anyone this year. And I don't think the general consensus is that there's a first-round caliber running back in this year's class. And, you know, there's some guys that are I talked about are going to be Heisman hopefuls and talked about it as the top guys in this year's class. And I'm I'm just not quite as high on the top of this class overall. And I think I think it's going to take, you know, some of those guys to really push for a a strong 2021 season. Maybe it's someone that sat behind a guy, um, you know, in the 2020 season and, and now gets his chance to be that kind of primary target in the backfield, that primary guy in the backfield. 
um, for them to, to really burst onto the scene. But I don't know who that guy is necessarily right now. I have some guys that I like, but um, you know, that'll be a, a, a good storyline to kind of keep, keep up with as the season progresses. So it seems like right now in the NFL that we have this weird trend where a late round or a UDFA running back will pop onto the scene, have a really good first year, be a high impact player and then disappear immediately after. So James Robinson, hopefully he doesn't disappear, but he's an example of that out of Illinois State. Goes undrafted. Huge year for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Was like the only good offensive player that they had this year. Um, and then the, uh, another guy that kind of fits that criteria is Philip Lindsay, is somebody else who's done that. So if we had to maybe pick somebody before we get into like the bigger names, it's like someone just random out of nowhere ends up in, in the right situation to play early on. Who would we pick as that potential just explosion guy for a year? So I'm changing my guy as we speak because um, I just had somebody pop into my head that I feel like fits this criteria more. Um, I'm going to pick Kevin Harris running back out of South Carolina, who I think we had on the show, not uh, actually on the show, but we mentioned him on the show. He had like a five touchdown performance at some point during the 2020 season. My dude is physical. Like, if you want to talk about a guy that looks a little bit and plays a little bit like a James Robinson, like, I think Kevin Harris is that guy. Now, he fits that mold of what I'm talking about. Like, how valuable is a guy like a Kevin Harris when you take into account, like, how is he going to impact the passing game? I don't think it's incredibly high. But, like, contact balance, physicality, one cut and go, like, this kid can chew up some yardage. I think that this kid is a potential 1,000-yard running back at the next level on almost a year-to-year basis. The question, though, is always going to be is, is he is he ever going to get to a second contract? Because for me, he's like a Chris Carson type of back where, like, Chris Carson's good, and he's a very solid running back. He's going to run for 1,000 yards every year that he is healthy. But are you going to put a lot of stock into what Chris Carson does because he doesn't affect third downs at all or, affect, or the passing game in general? So I think that there is maybe like a limited upside to a guy like Kevin Harris from South Carolina, but I think physicality, contact balance, this kid could be a thousand yard back routinely. No, I'm with line. you with Kevin Harris big time. I'm a big time Kevin Harris guy. There's there's some limitations in the passing game, but I think you said it right. Physicality, I think he has good vision. The, the He can get upfield quick. I think this guy's faster than people make out to be as well at his size being 225 or so pounds. Kevin Harris is a good football player. And I'm glad you actually brought him up as someone that can that can find himself a prominent role early on in the NFL. This is someone that when I was putting together my top five was well in regard uh, in that top five conversation. So uh, just might be a teaser. Uh, might might you know I, I'll let that linger a little bit. But Kevin Harris, interesting. Is, Kevin Harris interesting. is definitely someone that I I was higher on than than what it seems like is perceived uh, as a consensus so far. Yeah, now he's he's a good football player, and for a South Carolina team that was not able to throw the football consistently outside of Shy Smith and the occasional Nick Muse, like this kid was running in some loaded boxes and was still able to produce. So I love it. So who who are you picking though as your your breakout? Yeah, guy, Alex? you know what, Ryan, you you talked about you know the the ability to catch the ball in the backfield and how that's of the utmost importance. Let's talk about Ronnie Rivers from Fresno State, someone who you know pre-show we were talking about. 
if someone fits that James White mold as a running back, kind of transitioning to the Robinson. No, no, you're talking about James Robinson. Oh no, We're no, no about sorry, James my White fault. Here. My fault. I jumped. The, I jumped. <laughs> Stay the guy. with us, Joe. I'm, jumping the, I'm paying Look, attention. I just no, jumped. No, I the hear gun. you. I, I heard I James. Hear you. <laughs> no, James White. You know the 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 New England Patriot, someone that's been around the NFL for a decade and and has always had a role as someone who doesn't really strike you as that that talented necessarily, but someone that has found himself a role year in and year out and is still. Uh, finding that role, you know, well, he's got to be plus 30 now at this point easily. So, uh, you know, Ronnie Rivers oh, yeah. is someone short, stocky, and this guy's a third down back written all over him. Pass protection is stellar. He's excellent as a, as a receiver out of the backfield, but I think people don't give him enough credit as a runner either. I think he's a very impressive athlete overall. And you're talking about someone that's probably going to be a day three pick coming out of Fresno State, someone that's not going to be as highly regarded as some of these top program guys that we're going to talk about here in a little bit. James Robinson, similar situation, Illinois State, even smaller of a school, yes. But Ronnie Rivers coming from a smaller program than some of these other guys that are going to be at the top can find himself a role. If an injury happens or something, I can just see this guy being a very, very relevant uh, running back at the next level, even if it's just for fantasy's sake. And for anybody that's tuning in believe in NFL Draft Prospect Podcast for the first time, Joe D. Leon renowned PFF guy. He loves PFF. And I would just like to say Ronnie Rivers, I, I think, was like the only running back on the PFF to grade as a runner, pass blocker, and receiver over him. Wow. I so literally can't go. reiterate this further. I hate PFF. It is the <laughs> biggest joke of a media entity because they're supposed to be numbers, but all we see are opinions from people. Nobody knows who they are. They're a bunch of 20-year-olds that wow. had... Data analytics degrees. How dare you Anthony Trash like that? Screw PFF. Just post numbers. Just post numbers. I'm tired of the dumb takes that don't make any sense. Out of context, specific. Why did you have to send me down this rabbit hole? You don't like like number grades on a subjective thing for random people that aren't all the same, you know? It's, well, that's not even my problem. It's that like they're. But that is they, also a problem. That there's, is a, pro- a problem. That is a there. problem. There's a basis for that. That the, there's a problem that their system seemingly has uh, doesn't make sense half the time. But regardless, all we see from their social media platform is these opinionated quotes when they're supposed to be and analytically driven numbers. Yeah, I hear you. It's it's supposed to be numbers. So People why? Like how it, do you? Man. It's how do you, t- it. how do you tout yourself as analytically driven? But you don't even use the analytics for your I, arguments. Dude, it's just Anthony Trash uses. I want to say I bet that I bet that about. Randy Moss, Tyreek Kill tobacco got more impressions on Twitter than any tweet PFF has put out in the last calendar year. Yeah, because I no one knows who that random kid <laughs> is, and he's an, he's a bozo. He's a total bozo. Yeah, I wish I was good with numbers. I'd be working at PFF too. It did, but I'm not. I'm not good at it with statistics, so I'm not there. Uh, you know what you're con- good at, though? You're a great host. Yeah. Thank you, Ryan. Y'all hear the voice. Thank you, Ryan. I hate PFF. All right, let's talk about biggest bums. Speaking of bums, oh, no. the PFF watch list. Now, the, the Marvin Wilson watch list. I, do we have a running back that might fit this criteria? Uh, just like a random drop-off? Trent oh no 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 because he was a third overall pick. Oh, We're talking oh, like a guy that draft. Um, yeah that just oh, falls apart. It's on the spot. We'll, we'll come. Uh, up. I'll we'll, think about we, it. We, we won't waste oh, time. Oh oh I got one. Okay. Um, um Bryce Love. No no Chuba oh, Hubbard. Chuba, Chuba Hubbard. Hubbard. Yeah. Chuba Hubbard. I like that. Chuba, I guess yeah, Chuba. 
So the Chuba Hubbard Award watch list this year, somebody who everyone's going to talk up and say, wow, this guy's fantastic. How could you say he's not good? And then he gets drafted in the sixth round or undrafted. So, Alex, what are you doing? You got me hyped up to talk about some bad football players. What what time stamp are we at? 19 minutes. I'm writing that down yes. and I'm clipping that. Um They can't see all the right, video. Let's hear let's hear your bad let's hear your bad pick. Who's your bum, Ryan? Oh, me, me. Okay. Uh, I'm sorry, Alex distracted me. Uh, so this one's a shout out to all the dynasty gurus out there, all the fantasy football folks who have been telling me for months that CJ Verdell out of Oregon is such a very good football player. And I am here to tell you that he is indeed not. He's listed at 5'11", 210 pounds, solid build. He's got some speed to him. I'll give you that. But my man has zero, listen to me again, Alex, listen to me, zero vision. And he has no patience. And he runs into his blockers' backs more times than more I can than Mark Sanchez. sometimes during football games. More <laughs> than Mark Sanchez. He is a butt fumble version of a running back. It is insane. This guy has zero vision, zero patience. If he hits the clear... Very good speed. And in that Oregon system where, hey, they're in the spread and they're running inside zone and they're, you know, they're running in, into a very light box, it works for them sometimes. But I'm here to tell you, I don't think that it's going to translate very well because I don't think that he has that kind of that unique pace of a running back. I don't think he understands pacing as a runner at all. I think he is a one cut and downhill runner without vision and without patience. So I am out on CJ. I want to like CJ Verdell. This is someone that probably what fall of 2019. I was enamored with that whole season as, as he was a 2020 prospect at that time. Uh, potentially I, I really liked him because there's a lot to like. He's an effective pass catcher. I think he has, you know, good speed. I think he's a probably high four, nine guy kind of guy, uh, short stocky frame, 200 plus pounds. That has good burst and good contact balance, but you're right. The vision is so bad, and it's it's really disheartening because I want to like C.J. Verdell a lot, um, but you're right. If you don't have vision, to to the extent that he absolutely does not have vision, you're not going to succeed at the next level. And uh, Someone that's probably going to be looked at as a day three prospect that's just, man, he has everything I want but the vision. If he had any semblance of vision to his game, I would like him, But but unfortunately, you were right. Maybe Alex he is, is trying to be so. <laughs> All right, Alex, who's your pick? Okay, this one kind of hurts, um, you know, for, for the fandom of, of Georgia football. But someone that's been talked up, I've seen cl- closing in on top five at the position talk recently. Uh, I don't want to call any websites out, but they've had him at five, six, depending on the site. And I I don't think people understand the context of him and his situation and his his story uh, enough to, or they wouldn't put him that high. Zamir White, Georgia. High school senior year, torn ACL. True freshman season comes into Georgia, the five-star running back coming off the, the no senior year of high school football, tears his other ACL, I believe. I believe it was the other ACL. I don't mm-hmm. think it was the repeat. Sits behind DeAndre Swift and kind of works as like a rotational rusher in 2019. 2020, he becomes the prominent uh, running option for Georgia stays healthy throughout the entire season. And that's what people are seeing because when we're looking through summer scouting and throughout this process, no one's paying attention to behind 2020. We're watching the most recent film nine times out of 10. And we're what they are in that film is what they are and not putting much uh, context to the situation, not talking about background and, and injury history 
um, if, it, if it's not so readily available to them and, and just kind of on the forefront of their mind. And I think this is just one of those prospects that people just aren't paying enough attention to the background of, of the injury history. And I like Zamir White as a runner. He's a physical runner, good contact balance. I love the demeanor he runs with. I love him as a Georgia football fan. I think he's a great running back for that system. But as a prospect, I don't think I don't understand how you can have him with the multiple ACLs on at a position where shelf life is such a prominent issue, especially nowadays. To have someone who already is di- diminishing his his shelf life by by having the multiple uh, ACL injuries, how you can have him rank top five, top six? I just I, that that really is what it is for me. He's not a bad football player, but there's more. Uh, to his situation than his film. His film is pretty good. I, I still don't think it's top five, top six. It's good. Um, I just don't think he he offers as much in the passing game as you as you would like as someone ranked that highly. But I can understand why you have him there without the injuries. But unfortunately, the injuries do exist, and that is that is part of his evaluation. Is is what has transpired throughout the last handful of years with him and his and his knee injuries. So Zamir White is just someone that unfortunately, as a prospect, is someone that. I, I can't really get around to that kind of level of hype. Yeah, and I mean, the, the troubling part is, like, he's always been a really physical runner going back to his high school days. I mean, this kid was a five-star, one of the best running back recruits we've seen in, in yeah. several years. I mean, he's been in that category. But the thing that separated him in high school was not only was he physical, he was super explosive. I think yeah. he's lost a little bit of that. I don't I don't see explosive on film. I see a... I see kind of a, a, a slow-paced runner with with a ton of power and physicality. I don't see the explosiveness. So, unfortunately for him, he's a guy that's been victim. I, I think that a running back already has a short shelf life. When you're dealing with two ACL tears, even if it's to the opposite knee, it's still troubling because I just don't think that he quite has the explosion that he once did as a five-star recruit coming out of high school. All right, continuing on to our next category before we start yelling at each other over top fives. This, I guess, you could consider to be the Javonta Williams uh, watch list. Somebody who could pop onto the scene, become a really, really big name, somebody that people like to hype up. This was previous episode, the Zach Wilson award watch list. So if we're thinking of somebody who could have an explosive year out of nowhere and ends up being a big name in the class, who do we think it's going to be? So I cheated on this one uh, slightly, just a a little bit of a cheat. Um, Because Anaya Smith out of Texas A&M is... A running back, but he's also a wide receiver. So he, you know, he kind of plays multiple spots. I mean, he did run the ball a ton last year, though, out of like, you know, he's playing out of the gun or he's playing out of the eye. Like he's not a I'm not just picking a guy that's getting jet sweeps and such. Like he does get running back work. The the problem is that I do hear that he's gonna be almost a full-time wide receiver this year, but until that happens, I still am looking at a guy that is a running back on film a ton. And I'm here to tell you, and I have uh, a lot of people that I've spoken with that also have a similar opinion on this, so I feel like it has some validity to it. I think this kid could go in the first round when all is said and wow. done. Because I think that he is, I mean, he's listed at like 5'11", 195. He's got a running back build, like he's decently dense, but kid's got some juice. He's a pretty good route runner. He runs more physically than you would anticipate, but this kid is a home run threat. I think he's a legit four four athlete probably four four low like this is probably like a four four flat four four two ish running back like i think that he is in that in that atmosphere and i think that you could say hey i'm gonna put him at slot full time and i'm gonna give him some jet action he's gonna turn into my debo samuel like he's that type of player 
So I'm cheating a little bit with the flexibility positionally, but I do think that this kid, after a big year, I think this kid could be a first-round pick. And while the NFL kind of really, really admires these type of athletes now, he sounds like Kadarius Tony more than he sounds like. A, I a I was guy. gonna go with a I was gonna Debo. go with a I was go gonna Debo. go with a rich man's Tony Pollard. Yes, I like that one. I like that because Tony Pollard was kind of a slot receiver at Memphis. He's got a lot of jets and shit. The reason why I say Kadarius Tony is, and and Tony wasn't as much of a running back at Florida, but I'm saying because he he popped out of nowhere, ends up becoming a first-round pick, has a really big year, um, part of that offense, and they they did use him in the the backfield. They did hand him the ball off. That's kind of why I was saying that he might fit more that Tony criteria as an, an explosive offensive weapon rather than maybe a running back or a receiver. Right. Dude, you're just such a giant homer. It's, it's oh, sickening. stop it. Stop it. Kadarius Tony sucks. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, who, who's your guy, yeah, Alex? For me, I, I like the nice Smith. And if there's someone under a similar mold that I like, and I'm just going to cheat a little bit because, you know, I have to and name one extra person. Wandale Robinson, Nebraska transfer to Kentucky. <laughs> and similar playmaker, Percy Harvin role. Uh, I think he, he can he can be a dynamic uh, uh, player at the next level. But for me, someone that I have am enamored with throughout this process so far, Kenneth Walker III. Uh, Wake Forest tape. I know Ryan's not going to watch that, but good thing he transferred to Michigan State this year. Uh, so you can watch a little bit of Michigan State football. It's a little bit easier film watch, a little bit more traditional. I cannot. I cannot. Uh, well, you know what? They're not going to be as terrible with Kenneth Walker the third. You talk about the running back position checking boxes and checking a lot of boxes. I think Kenneth Walker does that. Size, that prototype size, I think he checks that box. Speed, I think he can hit the home run threat. Love his vision, love his contact balance, and I think he's a good pass catcher and pass protector as well. I think he just does a lot of things really well um, and is someone that that I don't hear anybody mentioning at all. So uh, Kenneth Walker, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about him as I've talked about him quite a bit, I'd say, in the group chat uh, that, that we have together. But Kenneth Walker is just someone that, simply put, just checks a lot of boxes. And if you check a lot of boxes at the running back position, you have a lot of tread left on the tires uh, for, for for years to come, you're you're going to be higher ranked for me. So Kenneth Walker III is someone I'm excited about going forward. How how high is he going to go, Alex? Oh, my shot? gosh. He's going to be a day three guy. But, but, but. he should be around three guy. <laughs> <laughs> I can't call him a first nice. rounder like you did. He's not. He's not. He's not the explosive threat that Anaya Smith is. And coming from a program where Texas A&M is going to push for, I mean, I know they're they're out Kellen Mond in the quarterback position. They're going to have to figure that out. But there's a lot of talent on that roster. They're going to be on the headlines week in and week out. Michigan State, not so much. So, especially someone that's coming into a new system at Michigan State. I can't necessarily expect him to burst onto the scene and compete for you know uh, awards this season. But this is someone that I just think the skill set is just. It just fits what the NFL wants as as someone that can be at very worst as someone that's going to be a depth piece. I think at the next level. Imagine picking a worse football player. My bad. Whatever. <laughs> All right, let's do some yelling. That was a great way to prime us up for some yelling. Uh, for the last fifteen minutes, let's see how long we can last here. So we're going to do the typical exercise of sharing the top fours and fives of your projected lists, and then we're going to do some guessing. And this is where the the controversy comes into play. So so Ryan here has decided to go with uh, Eric Gray out of Oklahoma at four, and then Jerion Ely at five for his his four and five. Alex has Jerion Ely at four, 
And then the problem comes into play here that Isaiah Spiller is all the way down at five. And if I recall during the week, Alex did give us a little hint that he's not very high on somebody that everyone else is really high on. And this is a guy that everyone's saying right now is going to be a first round pick. So I forget the Jerry on Ely, forget Eric Gray. Let's let's argue. I want to know why because I want Ryan to yell. I want Ryan to yell. Let's Alex explain and then Ryan. So go Isaiah ahead. Spiller, um, thought of as the better of the two Texas A&M running backs. Uh, if you're talking about an Smith, I'm close to thinking the other way around. Um, Isaiah Spiller is someone that I think the name helps uh, coming from that Spiller family. Um, I think that helps. I think he's a product. Is he related to CJ Spiller? I think, so. I think they're. No. I would look it up. Okay, you look it up. I'm pretty Keep sure going. he is, though. Oh, he might be Keep his going. cousin. I think I did look this up a while ago. You look, look it up. It up. I'll keep talking about why Isaiah, Isaiah Spiller is not that exciting. I just, overall, I, I don't see a dynamic weapon overall i just don't see someone with very much explosiveness that's really going to to threaten you with with those 20 plus yard gains very often at the next level i, I think he has solid contact balance i think he has solid speed i think he has solid burst he's just solid and that's fine it's fine i, th- I still like him he's in my top five i think he's a good running back i just don't understand where the top five hype is for a running back to be top five to me you ha- have to, or to, to be a first round considered running back in, in the NFL draft process, to me, you have to have something about you that really screams this guy can take your offense to the next level. And I think Isaiah Spiller, at best, is a pretty good running back at the next level. Think, you know, I, I'm not saying stylistically, but think about the, the impact that David Montgomery has with the Chicago Bears. I think that's probably ceiling as far as how much impact he can have on an offense at the next level. And for me, like, I don't know where you where you get too excited about that. I mean, David, uh, David Montgomery is a good running back. I think Isaiah Spiller is a good running back. I just don't see how he's a plus starter because I don't think there's any part of his game. That's really exciting. That's really going to open up your offense and make you a dynamic offense overall. So I will say this. I think I just looked it up and I did not see any mention wow. of CJ Spiller. His dad, Fred Spiller did, was an Aggie as well. Played football for Texas A&M, so unless I'm missing out of the C.J. Spiller um, relationship. They're like I don't total opposites, they... too. Yes, C.J. was super explosive, super fast, and Isaiah is not. So, I, I, if you recall, Alex, and we can go back to the group chat, if we get the, when, when you said originally that you were lower on a running back, my first Isaiah one was yes. Isaiah Spiller. Yeah. So, some, so, so something I about get you gets it. Okay, you're about to go with that one. I get it. No, no, no I, I get it. Um, I actually I, I'm close with a Texas A&M beat reporter, and I was I was watching him, and I messaged him, and I said, "Is Isaiah Spiller not fast at all? Like, is he going to run like four six? And then he was like, "Eh, like four five five, maybe maybe four five eight. Terrible. I was like, "Yeah," and I'm like, uh, "I don't think he's very fast, and I don't think he's like." incredibly powerful i think he is okay i think the contact balance is fine i think it's, it's fine it's good i i do think he changes direction pretty well really um, I, I actually don't can do that i, I, I on on, I thought on zone running fine. concepts I, th- I thought it took him a long time to cut i think it's just a patience though I, I don't think it's like i thought when he cut, i, I, I found a lot of times on tape when he went to go make that cut there were 
there were three techs, you know, coming across the, the, the line of scrimmage with the play that were able to get him before he could get through the hole because I felt like there was a, a lack of explosiveness and a lack of get, get up the field with him. No, I, I agree with the explosiveness. I don't think that he is the mo- the best athlete in the world. I think he's a solid athlete. I don't actually don't hate the David Montgomery comp, even though I think Montgomery's right. a little more powerful, and I think that Sp- I think Spiller's a little more fleet of foot than a guy like Montgomery. But like, I don't hate it because I get it. I am a little lower on Isaiah Spiller as well. I don't think that he's in the first round conversation, so I respect it. I just think running back five's a little low, just a little well, bit. That's all. Because um, I, I think he does enough well. to. to yeah, well, who I have above him, Jerry on Ely, because we both have him in the top five, so I think he's worth a conversation. Yeah. Jerry on Ely out of Ole Miss is someone that smaller running back, what is he, probably 5'8", 190, a little bit smaller, but he doesn't yeah. play like it. He does not play like it. This guy, uh, one of the more elusive running backs in this year's class, in my opinion, I he has a DeAndre Swift-esque dead leg move that I just love to watch. Um, but he plays with a lot of power and a lot of contact bounce as well. And I think this is someone that – Jerion Ely is someone that I think can be a plus 1A, 1B uh, kind of guy in a, in a two-running back approach at the next level because I don't think he can carry the workload. I don't think he can be that bell cow. That's a, I know that's a term we're going to use a lot in this this episode. But Jerion Ely doesn't have the build, doesn't have – that frame to to carry that workload, but I think this is someone that can be an explosive element to to an NFL offense, whether that's as a third down running back or it's someone that you just kind of rotate in and out as 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 you have a two running back approach. I, I thought I was going to be the only one that had Ely in the top five, so like I, I agree completely. The best running back in the class, in my opinion, at making a second level defender miss, he makes people look yes, he does stupid in the hole. Dylan Moses is still having flashbacks <laughs> of that Ole Miss game, but especially, man, like he makes guys look very dumb on the second level. So I'm there with Ely. And I didn't want to skate over completely Eric Gray. I'm not going to take too long, Joe, because I know we're on a time frame here. But like Eric Gray, man, Tennessee transfer going over to Oklahoma, he's good, man. Like he's good. Contact balance, physicality. I, I'm in on Eric Gray. Just wanted to throw him out there real quick. Yeah, we'll, we'll end up getting to him because uh, he may or may not be in Alex's top three. Um, Slight, slight hint there. All right, let's uh, let's get to guessing now. So Ryan, guess, guess Alex's. Why do I have to go first? Why do I always have to go first? Um, uh, Alex, okay, guess I'll Ryan. Guess Never mind. Yeah. Um, I know yeah. Ryan is a based off this. He's a Brees Hall guy. Um, I'm gonna go Brees Hall one. I'm gonna go Kyron two, and I'm gonna go Isaiah Spiller three because he said he's lower on Spiller. Um, but he was enamored with the fact that I had him at five. So he's got to be in the top three. Why? I'm just listening. You're poking your nose all weird. Like you were trying to tell me something. All right, let's go. I'm just, I'm just listening. Um, all right. So Alex, obviously Kyron Williams is going to be in there. Bruce is going to be in there. Um, Oh, am I not? Oh, I don't know. Um, Oh no, you're scaring me now. Um, okay. Uh, I'm going to say Brees Hall is number one. Uh, I'm going to say that. Uh, oh, God. God. Kevin Harris is three. I'm going to skip around for a second. And then number two is Eric Gray. So say it again. Okay. So here, here, here's what happened. Okay, Gray go ahead, go two. Ahead. Harris three. One is Hall. Okay. So you didn't get a single one right, Ryan. Wow. Good. Alex did a home you. run. Alex had a, a perfect day here. So Ryan's top three. Alex here? 
to, wait, let, let me get to that. Go ahead, so, go ahead. so Alex's top or uh, Ryan's top three that Alex guessed one hundred percent correctly was Brees Hall out of Iowa State, Kyron Williams out of uh, Notre Dame, and then Isaiah Spiller uh, out of Texas A and M at three. So complete nailed that smart. one. Ryan again did not get a single one of these right. Number one was Karen Williams. <laughs> That's about Karen. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, you yeah, you thought Williams I was going to be low on him. I love Karen Williams. Wait, wait, wow. we're not there yet. Yes. Can you let me just let me finish and no. then we'll talk? I want to talk about because I do want to talk about Kyron Williams. I will talk about Kyron Williams for the next forty-five minutes. Brees Hall at two, and then no, Eric I, Gray I, I had three. it flipped. It's the other way. Oh, you yeah, that's you sent me literally eight messages and went see Ryan what sends me Ryan sends me one message with one, two, three, and then I get Shut up. I can't even just keep okay. track of all the crap I have that you Eric Gray too. So it goes Kyron, Eric Gray, Brees Hall three. Brees Hall is three. You have Eric Gray yes, over Brees Hall. Absolutely. Huh. I told you they're broken up into tiers. Tier huh. one is two running backs. It's Kyron Williams and Eric Gray. Brees Hall's Eric Gray's yes, in your tier absolutely. one of running backs. Brees Hall's in a tier of his own as tier two, <laughs> and then we can t- then Jerry on Ely, Isaiah Spiller. They're 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 good. Man, I had Eric Gray at four. Oh, I like I Eric, love Gray. Eric Gray. No obviously, guy, I like Eric Gray. I thought you would wow. like Eric Gray even That's more. In love with him. He might not even start for Oklahoma uh, this year. Well, Kennedy, Brooks Kennedy Brooks isn't Brooks good, so well. let's talk about Eric Gray. <laughs> Okay, are we talking about Eric Gray? All right, um, I like Eric Gray. Yeah, Eric Gray is someone that I think can be a starting running back and a plus starting running back. I think he has everything you need from a pass-catching perspective. I think he's a good runner. Uh, In the open field, I don't think there's a better running back in this year's class from an elusive standpoint at the third level. I just The way he's shifty uh, when, when he gets past that second level into the third level and striding out, he he has this little in and out kind of um kind of uh what do you what what, what am I yeah a little shake and bake to him a little euro step that <laughs> that keeps those those safeties and corners that are on the back end uh you know it, it put them in the, the wrong place every single time Eric Gray is someone that I'm enamored with contact bounce through the roof wow I'm Eric Gray's I'm a good football player I'm I'm speechless. Well, how about we we finish with talking about? You're talking about Brees Hall. I think that is. Not going to talk about Brees Hall. Okay, fine, 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 fine. We got two running backs to talk about. Kyron Williams first, which I think is is very interesting that that Alex has him at number one. Surprising, I think, to both of us. I was not expecting that because I think both of us are are pretty big Kyron Williams fans. I haven't even really even seen a ton of people putting Kyron Williams. Like in the first round conversation, so to put him that high is fantastic, and I understand it. I I, I think more people are going to be buying in this year with uh you know with Notre Dame needing to lean on him. Jack Cohn's not going to do crap this season for That's Notre your guy, Dame. Man, Kyron, Kyron Williams is going to be a big reason why they're successful, and he has a lot of pieces to to what you want in, in an NFL running back, and he was able to be a, a I know we're talking bell cow but he's not built like one so for him to have as many touches as he did last year and to be a big reason why they had offensive success I think is a big reason why he should be a first Kyron Williams to me yeah. defies the odds usually bell cow running backs those guys that you you project to translate to bell cow running backs at the next level are 5'10 200 205 plus pounds that's usually the prototype right there He's a little smaller. He's five foot nine, little hundred and ninety-five pound guy, under two hundred pounds, which is a threshold for some people. But look, kind of like Jerry on Ely, doesn't play like it at all. Kyron Williams is a complete football player, someone that has good vision, someone that can hit the explosive plays because I think he has great speed, great explosiveness through the, the first and second level of the defense. I like his contact balance, and I think his his best trait is his his ability to work as as 
in passing downs, whether that's as a pass blocker, something I think is probably the most underrated part of his game to, to some people is the ability to be a five foot nine, 195 pound running back that can do what he does in the passing game as a pass protector, but he, he can catch the ball in the backfield as well. I just think there's no flaw in Kyron Williams's game. And I think he's, he's, he's really lived up to, to what I was expecting. And then some, uh, you know, through my film watch this summer. He's the best pass blocker in the 2022 draft. You don't have to sell me there. He's a former – he actually played wide receiver more yeah. than he played running back in high school uh, coming out at St. Louis. So uh, he has the, the experience as a, as a receiver, and which shows up very easily. Uh, like you said, he's not the biggest running back in the world, but he's, like, densely built. Like, he's yeah, not small. He, he's, he's a he's unit. He's a good-sized back. Um, and he has great contact balance. He always leans forward. I really like Kyron a bunch, which is why he's my running back, too. Only concern over him if we're if you're just pulling the full contacts, he has a fumbling issue. He he puts the ball on the on the turf a little bit too much. I think it was like four fumbles last year, and it was a couple in in in, in a you know in a row type of thing. So it's not like the biggest concern of all time. But if we're just playing devil's advocate and just kind of paint the full scope of the prospect, I do think that that's something that Kyron does have to um, subside a little bit. All right, let's hit Brees Hall to just to wrap us up and close out. And they, Brees Hall is has been a, a big name being talked up as I, like as early as last year. People were saying RB one immediately without even really looking into it because how much of an impact he's had at Iowa State. Big reason why they were so good last year was because it was because of him. So Ryan, why do you have him there? And then I, I keep seeing Alex shaking his head, not really in in agreement. I think that Brees Hall is the best in this class at pacing. I think that he runs the ball with such great pace, whether it's inside zone, outside zone. I think he has the best vision in the class by a large margin. I believe I uh, he he just he just has a subtle understanding of when things are going to pop open backside, when things are going to hit front side, playing in, in you know inside zone, running outside like. He has phenomenal vision. I compared him, and I gave him an early second-round grade, which for a running back is good. I gave him a comparison to Curtis Martin um, that used to play with the New York Jets that Curtis Martin was a good-sized running back, but, like, he wasn't, like, so he would never, you wouldn't classify him as a pure power back. You wouldn't classify him as a pure speed back. I think that it's not just he does everything solidly. I think that he does everything well. Like, I think that Brees Hall just hits every box. He has phenomenal vision. I think that there's a lot to like about Brees Hall. He doesn't act like he secures the football. He runs hard inside and out. He has great vision. I think he checks every box. There's no glaring concern with me about Brees Hall. I don't think he's going to run in the four low in like the low four fours or anything like that. Like I don't think he's going to rip off 80 plus yard touchdowns, but I think he's going to create a bunch of explosive plays. And everybody, oh, every single year tries to compare someone to Le'Veon Bell when he was at Pittsburgh. I think he might be it because I think that he has that vision, that patience, and that pacing as a running I'll say Brees Hall is someone that after the first two games I watched, I, I actually ended up having to watch five games of Brees Hall. Because after the first two games, I didn't I didn't get it at all. Like I was like outside of my slow yeah, burn. It was a little bit of a slow burn to get to this point. And and maybe that's something that continues to transpire. But after two games, I saw someone that didn't break tackles and I, maybe I just watched the wrong two games because I I look at the stats and I think he led the country in broken tackles obviously uh volume workload uh that's that's far much far far more than than many running backs in the, in college football but you know I saw someone that didn't break tackles I saw someone that didn't really impact the the you know the passing game uh very much I saw an early down runner 
that lacked explosiveness and lacked contact balance. And so I watched game three. I watched game four and I watched game five. You started to see the broken tackles and I see where he got that the stat. You started to see the bra- broken tackles add up. And so I was like, okay, I, I, I see it. And, and like you said, pacing, vision, the, the ability to, to, to find open spaces is really, really good with Brees Hall. And that's, that's really where he's going to have to hang his hat, uh, in my opinion. But I, I still see a lack of explosiveness. And, and for me, you know, I, I look, there's, there is benefit in hitting singles and doubles. This is an analogy that's used all the time. And in the scouting world, the ability to hit singles and doubles is very important, especially as, as a running back. But I just don't see the threat for the home run. And for me, that that kind of pulls him down a little bit. Someone that I still don't think the the statistical side of things really paints the best picture of his contact balance. I still don't think his contact balance quite is as impressive as people want to make out that are simply looking at PFF's advanced stats. Uh, let's talk about PFF a little bit more. But people that are looking at the stats <laughs> and see that he had number one in broken tackles and and he does have good pacing and he does have good vision. I don't think he breaks tackles very well. There are a lot of times where arm tackles that I don't think a plus running back should should be tackled by, should be brought down by. In my opinion, if you're going to be a plus running back at the next level, those arm there there are far too many times on on film where those type of arm tackles, those those that type of contact should not bring him down. And so I was a little underwhelmed with him. And like I said, the lack of explosiveness, the lack of impact in the passing game is as I project to the next level, especially. I think he's a, a first and second down runner with a with a lack of juice. Simply. Well, you know what? PFF had Kyron Williams as the lowest rated pass blocking That's running back insane in the country. That's insane to me. Insane. So jokes on you. Jokes yeah. on you. Don't trust PFF stats because look, number one in broken tackles, but he doesn't break ta- he doesn't break tackles well. I did I didn't see that, but it's been the storyline with him is like just talk about David Montgomery again. That was something that was probably his best trait was his ability to stay on his feet. And so people are talking about he has David Montgomery as contact balance. Uh, I just don't see it at all. I just I, I, I there were far too many times arm tackles. I'm gonna send. I'm gonna I'm gonna send it. I'm gonna send this podcast. Send it to him. And I, look, I hope he does well. He's gonna and listen. Like like I said, the more games I watched, the more I kind of came around to him because he was sitting outside of my top five. Kevin Harris was at number five. That's. You know that's that's where that hint came in. Kevin Harris was was sitting at six for me now. Uh, so the more I watch a Brees Hall, who was one of my last running backs I watched, as I wanted to save the best for last, I was a little underwhelmed. All right, well, I think that's a good note to end us on here at the fifty minute mark, folks. Thanks for tuning in to today's podcast. As we are very intense about running backs, uh, be sure to hit that subscribe button. Leave us a five star review. Follow us on Twitter at NFL Prospects Pod at Ryan Robert or sorry at Rising Draft. Oh my God, I can't believe I just I, so many shows like a hundred shows in a row of not making that mistake. At Alex Gilstrap at Joe DeLeon. Change your damn Twitter handle <laughs> at Believe Podcast and head to Believe.com to find our show as well as hundreds of other amazing shows. Talk to you soon, folks. Enjoy the rest of your week. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, 
Click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.